from the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center Studio. It's the Bill King Show. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get him, dog. I'm a man. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. Hot is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine they made by Omni Nashville Hotel, Fifth Avenue downtown. Hot rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. That's the call text option line on Twitter at Bill is King. You can email the show Bill is King seven at gmail.com. Coach Pete is here. Ole Miss Evie hour two. Kevin Hagan hour two. Brad Powers all the gambling. That is in the third hour. Coach Pete is with us on Fridays right here. Coach, good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Bill. How are you? Story out in the last, let's say, less than 24 hours, a proposal that I think will pass to take the December signing window, Coach, and move it to the Wednesday, early December, before the Saturday, which is the championship game day, the conference championship Saturday. Move it to that Wednesday 72-hour window there to declutter the month of December. I do think that will pass. Pete, is this a good idea? you like this? It's a great idea, Bill. Here's why. The early signing date, if you remember, I know you remember, but I, I hope the listeners remember, the early signing date that we have now coincides with what used to be the junior college signing date for years. Right. It, it was always the third Wednesday in December. So when you were recruiting junior college guys, you knew you had to sign them so you could get them in for the fall, excuse me, spring semester in January. But now because of the transfer portal overlapping with high school signing, I think this makes it much easier for coaches and high school players to sign on the first Wednesday in December. You still have the transfer portal guys along with junior college guys signing the third Wednesday in December. And then you keep your traditional date of the first Wednesday in February as your other signing date. I think this is a great proposal. December as it sits now, before this passes, which, again, confident that it will, has teams preparing for either league championship games, bowl games, or now 12 teams preparing for the playoffs. 
Couple that coach with coaching changes. Might be the head coach. Might be assistant coaches. Couple that with the transfer portal. Couple that with re-recruiting your own roster. Getting your roster poached. You're poaching other rosters. It's a colossal mess. I don't know if this is the magic elixir, but it does clean it up some. Oh, yeah, cleans it up tremendously. Uh, all those points you make are the things that are frustrating coaches right now. They say December is the month from hell yeah, uh, because of all the things you just mentioned. And now with this signing date being the first Wednesday in December, you can focus on the high school guys and, uh, again, Getting those guys who are going to be early enrollees it signed, and now they can come, which we have now. The high school guys can come and start practice with the teams that are going to bowl games in December. So now they sign, they finish their exams at their high school, and then they show up on campus in December for pre- to start their college career and experience by starting to practice with their team before that team goes off the bowl game. Coach, back in the early 70s when you were at NC State playing, were there many midtermers? Uh, No, only junior college guys. High school guys didn't even think about it. High school guys back then, I mean, they were more, you know, spring was for them to finish their basketball season and either get involved, track, baseball, and then go to the prom, graduate, and get ready to come to school. <laughs> hey, look, we didn't even have summer school paid for back then. So guys didn't show up on campus until August. I know, I, Pete, a few years later, 1980, my freshman year at Tennessee, there was a midterm. There was one midtermer, and his name was Randall Morris. He came from Long Beach, California. He was a quarterback. They moved him to running back. But I remember being at the spring game, and this one midtermer was there in the game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was uh, <laughs> an opportunity. Spring practice back then was to take your red shirt guys, your young guys, uh, guys coming off injury or surgery that were cleared for spring, and giving them an opportunity to develop and either become starters or I can remember this being the phrase we will come and we had 20 days of practice back then not 15 and there was no limit as to how many contact days you could have so you could be in pads every day for 20 days if that's what the head coach and the staff decided but the comment always was we're coming out of spring with a starting 11 on offense Starting eleven on defense and a start and the starters on all special teams. You other guys, you'll know your role in your exit interview and what you got to do over the summer to come back and camp in August. Coach Pete Cordelli with us. Coach, we spent time on it yesterday, but at the college football playoff management committee meetings on Wednesday in Dallas. They are discussing, we talked about 16, now the number seems to be 14. It is kind of funny that even though we know we're going to 12 this next go-around, this next season we're going to play, 
We're already talking about the expansion of that number, and it might happen as early as 26. I don't know what my question or my point is here, Pete, but it is kind of funny. Hey, Bill, can I tell you this? Five plus seven doesn't equal 14. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Five plus seven doesn't. Hey, Tony Petiti, just because. The Big Ten dismantled the Pac-12 this year, and you got a bunch of those teams to come in. You can't go in and start demanding automatic bids. Here's <laughs> this is the old the old boys club mentality. When Roy Kramer was the commissioner, and he did a tremendous job. One of the things that he made a point of was the SEC would have eight bowl tie-ups, ten bowl tie-ups. Commissioners are responsible for getting the team slots to play in in the postseason. Well, now that the Big Ten is going to be the largest conference going, Petiti saw what happened with with Kalivakov, not being able to get a TV done in the Pac-12 and doing all that, those teams coming to the Big Ten, he's politicking to say, hey, I'm doing what I can since we're the largest league out there to get automatic bids. It's not going to fly right now. This thing has to be based on meritocracy. Earn your way in. There's no guarantee... You're going out getting four. You're not getting five. And that's the issue right now. And Sankey getting Oklahoma and Texas in, you know, well, we're expanding as well. I believe, Bill, this is the reason why the SEC has said we're only going to play eight conference games for two years. Because when you go to nine, this league cannibalizes itself. I mean, they beat each other up pretty good. So do you want to stay at eight and have four non-conference games, which gives you a chance to play two good opponents and two cupcakes? Or if you go to nine, do we play one really good outside opponent and have two cupcakes and then get into the league schedule? Look, let's – Let's talk about the state of the SEC right now. Next year, I don't think Billy Napier is going to be at Florida. Sam Pittman will be at Arkansas. Shane Beamer may not be at South Carolina. And who knows what they're going to do with Clark Lake. So we may see four coaching changes going into the following year. And by the time 2026 gets here, we're going to have new coaches a lot of places. How long does it take you to develop your team? With the transfer portal, and I really believe this, Ohio State has done the best job right now this year of getting quality transfer portal guys into their team. Who has the ability to do that? Wayne Kiffin's done a great job. You know, all the chips have been pushed. They're all in right now. So... If you want to go to 14, so what are you going to do? One and two get a first-round bye? And then 
three plays 14, is that what you're going to do? What they haven't I've, even discussed how the first round is going to go with 14. One idea I saw, Pete, no clue if this has any merit as a possibility, but 13-14 play each other at the highest seeds, home stadium, meaning 13 hosts, and then maybe they feed in. Now, again, I don't know what that bracket looks like. I haven't really thought it out yet. You know what, Bill? I I don't think – we don't want the play-in game. This isn't like college basketball. (laughs) But Petiti is trying to push – just like the bowl tie-ups that they have now, with the Big Ten having maybe 10 or 12 bowl tie-ups, that's not going to fly with this college football playoff committee is what I'm being told. And ESPN's getting, getting really upset that it's taking this long to make this decision. All right, we'll take a break. Coach Pete with us. Anything for Coach Pete. Social media, at Billis King, or tax line. Good morning. They're working in the accident right now. It's over to the side. A lot of rubbernecking going on. 65 South at Trinity Lane. Also trying to clear a rank on 24 westbound. Just past 440. It's already sluggish now. Leaving Rutherford County, Murphy Sprawl on 24 westbound. Up through Antioch. Give yourself extra travel time. We're looking at it live, and it is slow. Prince's Hot Chicken is hiring at all their locations. Order online this weekend at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. In a single moment, everything can change. When a player's sudden cardiac event brought a national football game to a halt, it shone a spotlight on the importance of CPR readiness. Now, with youth sports in full swing, the American Heart Association is rallying parents and coaches to be ready in an emergency. To be ready, learn hands-only CPR. It's a skill anyone can learn in minutes. Visit heart.org slash hands-only CPR and become a lifesaver today. Bar Lines at the Omni Nashville Hotel downtown is at the heart of Music City. Located within walking distance of the Country Music Hall of Fame, Bar Lines at the Omni is your downtown honky-tonk destination. Watch your team from any seat on their plentiful HD TVs and catch a live show on the Bar Lines stage featuring live music seven days a week. Bar Lines has the ultimate southern comfort food. Get started with classic fried green tomatoes or bourbon barbecue wings. Then it's on to the massive Smashville double stack or the world famous bar lines grinder oh you've never heard of the bar lines grinder two kinds of cheese lettuce dijon smoked turkey smoked bacon smoked ham now that's some smoke you want local brews and local spirits are on tap at bar lines take a seat on the patio outside and soak up the rhythm of music city bar lines at the omni nashville hotel fifth avenue downtown Looking for something to take your mind off this traffic? How about a true story of instant success? Did you hear about the two friends who went grocery shopping in Ashland City and picked up everything on their list plus $75,000? Or the one where a truck driver made a last-minute stop off Interstate 40 and drove off with a cool million? 
All their lives changed in an instant, and yours could too. So stop by your local retailer for your chance with instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing, life-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Are you ready for some March Madness? Then don't miss out on any of the action at the High Valley Conference Basketball Championship presented by United Fidelity as the return of the Ford Center downtown Evansville for March 6th through the 9th as the first entries into the men's and women's NCAA basketball tournaments are crowned. All session tickets and single game tickets are now on sale to each OVC school's ticket office, Ticketmaster, and the Ford Center box office. Visit ovcsports.com forward slash Evansville for more details and be there to OVC it in person. King is the mother twelfth data point of college football. Coach Pete Cordelli with us on Friday's hour number one. Mike the Mad Dog down in Noonan, Georgia, says, Guys, I understand signing in December allows players to enroll early and get started with the program, but unfortunately, it's made the February signing period or day obsolete. In essence, correct. Well, I can tell you this, after recruiting the state of Florida for 10 years, uh, there are some guys, Florida has a, uh, a state exam that you have to pass if you're going to graduate. And there are some guys that play their senior football season at one school. And when you come back in January to go to the school, see that young man, they go, oh, he's not here. He transferred over to Upper Room Christian. And it's like, what? Yeah, they don't. They don't give a uh, an FCAT to make those guys graduate. And so you have different guys moving around, and you have recruiting that goes on in high school, if you can believe that. <laughs> oh, there are, no, there are no transfer rules basically in Florida in high school. Uh, no, so now you're going, oh, my gosh. Uh, we got to go and do what we, you know, have to do. Mike makes a great point, but there are some kids that uh, blossom late. You find them, and you have to figure out your roster. Now with this signing date, I believe you get the high school guys, and then three weeks later you get the transfer portal guys, and you figure out, you know, do we have one or two left? But coaches want to be on the road because that's, starts their recruiting for the next year. So even though your class may be done by that second signing date in December, coaches want to be on the road in, in January. And uh, that February signing date gives them the opportunity to go out and go, okay, who can I identify as the junior sophomores and even freshmen coming up in programs? So that's when they do their early scouting for the upcoming classes. Pete, I left something out. 
regarding the proposal that the first Wednesday in December or the Wednesday before the league championship games is a window to sign, moving it there, that would also, according to this proposal, make the month, the end of the month's dead anyways, but the first 17 days would then be a declared dead period, which again, Pete, fits the description of cleaning things up some. Well, yeah, now you can stay on campus, and when the transfer portal guys come in for their visits, you're already there. Right. You're not on the road. And so, plus, teams that are getting – remember now, even though we got a 12-team playoff, we still got other teams going to bowl games. And the great thing I like about it, Bill, is you're around your current roster to help them through finals and the decisions they're going to make about possibly joining the portal – and transferring out because, as you well know, the biggest situation, and it's not just for the new staff, it's for every staff, we have to re-recruit our core team. (laughs) We have to re-recruit the guys coming back. And I think what this would do would give current staffs the opportunity to get with their NIL guy and figure out, okay, uh, Johnny Jones over here, he played far above our expectations. We need to redo his NIL deal. So it's kind of like the situation we're in with the NFL right now. Who are we tagging, man? Right. <laughs> so you're going to tag guys that played really well and you don't want to lose them to the transfer portal. And it gives you more of an opportunity to be around your players that you have to re-recruit and try to keep on your roster. Now, some of them, you're helping leave. <laughs> right. Pete, earlier, you brought up some possibilities inside of the SEC as far as maybe not being the head coach after 24. You mentioned Napier, Pittman, what they would do perhaps with Clark Lee. You mentioned Baby Beamer. Shane's a nice guy. I've known him. Heck, he was a GA up there at Tennessee. Now, now here in the 615, and understand for this audience, Vanderbilt's not a big topic, but this topic is interesting because they have a typical colossal Vanderbilt mess. The basketball program, which needs to be good for Vanderbilt, is a colossal mess. The football program is about what you'd think. Can't get up off the ground. Baseball's baseball. Coach Corbin's done a fantastic job. And the athletic director, Candace Story Lee, who's their former basketball player there, I I can't tell you what the reputation is, but the Vanderbilt faithful, what's left of them, Pete, don't think that she's got their best interest at hand when making decisions to move on. Jerry Stackhouse looks disinterested in coaching that basketball team at best. I I guess mean, when, Kentucky, when Kentucky came in a few weeks ago and just absolutely ran them out of their own gym. Right. Uh, and then they go to Knoxville and just get annihilated. Um, this, this team, you wonder how much more they have left. You know, because they see this season slipping away. But Candace Story, being a Vanderbilt person, she feels pretty close to Clark Lee and Stackhouse. But you have to make, like you said, the 
the best decision in the best interest of the athletic program in the university. And uh, it's it's a rough time over there right now. Other than, and, and like you said, Coach Corbin's done an excellent job, but football and basketball somehow have to make, especially after Clark went to a bowl game two years ago. You know, oh, yeah, we've turned the corner, and then, man, they reverted. So now he's made a wholesale change in his staff. I think he brought six guys from New Mexico State. So Las Cruces North is here for the staff at Vanderbilt. Let's see what what happens. But, look, as, as you well know, it comes down to recruiting and their players. I mean, Derek Mason, what, he beat Tennessee three times while he was there? Yeah. When's the last time that happened? Magoogan. I, I just, yeah, yeah, exactly. But there's some hard conversations that are going to have to be had, starting with, with Jerry Stackhouse and, and then with Clark Lee after this upcoming season. Because basketball, Pete, has to be good there. Football, historically, we can all get energized when a new guy comes in. We know the outcome that's likely, though. With basketball, you can win there. It's been proven. Well, Kevin Stallings had a pretty good run, if I remember correctly. Correct. Yeah. Nope, he did. So, it can be done, without question. Without question, but... um, Football has to find a way to get to bowl games. I'm not talking about the 12-team playoff at all. I'm just saying you can't be the team that everybody circles here March 1st and goes, yep, there's a win. And you know that goes on in coaching. So uh, I just there's some hard conversations that are going to have to be had after this football season with Clark Lee and Kansas Story. Craig in North Augusta, South Carolina says, guys, Shane Beamer has his best staff yet. He had a very good transfer portal. He goes, I don't see him being on the hot seat unless they only win two games. No, they don't make a bowl game now. I don't think Ray Tanner is going to put up with that. All right, South Carolina is another program. you got to be in a bowl game. I mean, six and six is, is, is minimal. If they don't make a bowl game, look, Rattler finished the season. Everybody was so high on him. And then you can have the best staff again, but it's developing those guys. And uh, I think the guy that just left Georgia State going back is going to help him tremendously. Right. Uh, But still, it's going to come down to players. And, uh, look, everybody got excited when they beat Tennessee two years ago. Oh, yeah, we've turned the corner. Well, I don't know. Somewhere along the line, you have to develop consistency, and consistency in today's game is get to at least six wins. You know, we all, our goals, Bill, always used to be number one, have a winning season. That's back when there were 11 games. So winning season was six wins. Now with 12, you got to get to seven have a winning season win the number two win the conference number three go to a bowl game and whatever else happens after that you know it's up to voters it's up to but number one have a winning season 
Number two, win your conference. So you got to win the East. Can they beat Georgia? I don't think so. I don't. I, I, I can't. I'm not saying that that's a problem. Just South Carolina has to offer. I mean, all those other teams in the East still have to find a way to beat Kirby. And then number three, get to a bowl game. So I just think Shane, this is a this is going to be a tough year. Kevin in Mule Town, Columbia, Tennessee, says for Coach Pete, Georgia came after receiver Kelsey Pope at Tennessee, but he stayed. Auburn came hard after Rodney Garner, his alma mater, but he stayed. Tennessee stole Alabama's linebacker coach. Coach, I don't know, is it Inge? I-N-G-E. He goes, what do these carousel victories tell you about Coach Heupel in Tennessee? I think Tennessee's doing a great job. Uh Ng is is really a good coach. I mean, he was in Washington with Kalen DeBoer, and a lot of people thought he was going to Alabama with him. But I tell you, he's he's excellent. And um, look, I'm a Josh Heupel fan, always have been. I can remember watching Josh in high school, man. Um, I really like him because he's left-handed, so kind of like me. But anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Not a lot of lefties Uh, out there now. Well, here's the deal. When I was playing for Lou Holt, he told me one day, he said, you've ruined it for all left-handed quarterbacks because you throw it so bad they quit making left-handed football. Oh, so, man. You know, man. you gotta, you got to uh, learn how to throw the right-handed football. But Heifel was a great competitor as a player. The deal at Oklahoma was unfortunate. Uh, really, he still has that chip on his shoulder. Can't wait for Tennessee to play Oklahoma. <laughs> it's oh, coming yeah. here. Oh, baby. Yep. Yeah, man. Yeah, but hey, hey, Pete, Josh, when you when you were the uh, quarterback at NC State, being a lefty, did that mean that they had the right tackle as the best athletic tackle? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody thought about that. We were running. We were running the veer, brother. So who cares, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was uh, lookout blocks, man. Dude, we ran more sprint out than we did drop back. <laughs> running, running the veer at Randy White. On top of that, oh man, I mean, Manster. Like I told you, I told you the story. I mean. <clears throat> They're running a wide tackle six. Jerry Claiborne's the head coach at Maryland. I mean, they are. Maryland was one physical football team. Andy White hit me one time. I mean, my back is still hurting today. Um, that's why I'm a, a big believer in taking a leave, man, <laughs> for my back. Right. The Randy White effect. You know, when I was a scout for the Cowboys, Randy was playing as one of the D linemen. He always looked, he used to look over and he goes, Man, he said the only way I could tackle him was from behind. So I'm sorry, but I said don't don't apologize now, brother. <laughs> yeah, Randy, he, Randy was one heck of a player. Would he be a stand-up linebacker today, or would, would yes? Could, he would be he, like a Bosa because he was from Wilmington, Delaware, and he played fullback linebacker in high school. Right. And, but in the wide tackle six, Coach Claiborne put him as a down lineman, but he was very undersized, but so darn quick, he never had to play Reed. 
on a guard where he, he just take on the block and they sure as heck didn't have two gap technique back then. He was a slant angle guy. So he was either going in the A gap or in the B gap and, uh, just his quickness and his ability to get through the gap and disrupt offenses was tremendous. And then obviously when he got to Dallas, he put on a bunch of weight, but man, you talk about a weight room warrior. He was the guy that lived in that weight room. And um, what a great work ethic. Mike the Mad Dog in Newton, Georgia, must be a lefty. He said, tell Pete us left-handed people need to stick together. That's right. That's why we're the smartest people in the world. Right, Mike? <laughs> so they say, my wife, my wife says, that's a lie. <laughs> Coach Pete with us till the top of the hour. Got to get the break. There's the music. Ole Miss Evie coming up. Hour two. Kevin Hagan. Hour two as well. Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning. They're moving this wreck over to the side on 65 southbound. It's going to be right at Trinity Lane. It's had traffic not only slowed there, but also an earlier wreck on 24 westbound just past 440. They're still on the scene of that crash. They're still wrestling with this wreck out here on 24 westbound. It's going to be just past Bell Road. That's really causing a big delay now for folks coming in through the Antioch area in from Rutherford County trying to get through Antioch on 24 going westbound there at Bell Road. Prince's Hot Chicken has you covered with catering. Check them out today at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. You enjoy the thrill of gambling, but what happens when it becomes a problem? Whether you want to cut back or quit gambling altogether, the Gambling Clinic has been helping people change their gambling for over two decades. We're here to help, not to judge. The Gambling Clinic is a Tennessee-based clinic offering in-person and telehealth support to help people win back their life. Visit us at thegamblingclinic.com. This project is funded by the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services. It seems like everywhere you look right now, someone is sick. This year, prepare your family for airborne invaders like bacteria, pollen, and yes, germs with Navage Nasal Care. Navage flushes ultra-pure, refreshing saline in one nostril, around the back of the nose, and out of the other nostril. Navage sucks out viruses, dust, and other airborne particles, all the stuff that gets trapped in your nose making you miserable. Don't get caught empty-handed this winter. Get Navage, the drug-free solution that helps you breathe easier, sleep better, and feel healthier. Even better, Navage is HSA, FSA eligible. So Navage is a great way to spend those funds before they expire. Don't wait a minute longer. Buy Navage today and you'll breathe easier knowing you're putting your funds to good use. Navage is available online at Navage.com or Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, and Rite Aid. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There aren't any cops around. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. 
It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I drink and drive all the time. If you put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Hey, it's John Burton from News Channel 5. And it's Patton Cook from National Sports Radio. We are excited for our new show, JB and the General, every Monday through Friday right here on WNSR Nashville Sports Radio. Talking all things Titans, Nashville SC, Preds, anything you want, we can talk. And we don't mind going off the beaten path once in a while as well. Again, that's every Monday through Friday, 9 to 11, right here on WNSR. spends more time staring at depth charts than any man in any universe ever. It's Bill King. Got a bunch of questions for Coach here. Irish Bill on the lovely Emerald Coast where we will be early May for spring commitments. Coach Pete will be there. He wants to know when you were on the staff at Notre Dame there in the 80s, who was the biggest character on that staff? <laughs> uh, we had a few of them now, but uh, a guy that uh, Coach Hope kept on the staff was Joe Yanto. Coach Yanto was the D-line coach for Aeroparsegian. And he and George Kelly were the, the two holdovers from Coach Parsegian's era that stayed through Faust and, and all that. And uh, Joe Yanto was always, always, uh, would keep you on your toes with everything. And uh, what a great guy. Joe Yanto was absolutely one of the all-time greats. Also here on the text line, Ken in Middle Georgia wants to know, have you bought your own rooster? No. Uh, I'll rent him once a year when I go to the Caymans. That's it. I'm not buying any rooster. Hey, look, Tony Petiti might want to buy that rooster because Petiti still wants to go to 14. He's killing the, the goose that's laying the golden egg, man. About, and I'm just guessing, 15 or more years ago, back in the Sirius XM days, I had Jerry Faust on. And I had him on for the better part of an hour. He could not have been more engaging. He, He could not have been more reflective. He blamed himself for everything. He didn't point fingers at anybody else. You were on the staff that came in to inherit that mess, if you want to call it a mess. What was that like? He had some really good coaches on that staff. Mal Moore was the offensive coordinator. Mal Mal Moore. Wow. Had left Alabama, 
and come to South Bend. And I, and I, I got to know Mal uh, through recruiting, but, I mean, Mike Stock was the running back coach, a tremendous guy. They had a very good staff, but everything you said about Jerry is exactly right. Jerry Faust one of the finest men you'll ever meet. And But the issue came down to recruiting. And the way that it was described to us when we got in there before we met the team was Jerry liked to recruit off a list. Parade Magazine, USA Today, you know. And uh, with, when you're at Notre Dame, Bill, and not in a conference, which I don't see them joining a conference anytime soon. It's not about winning the East, winning the West, going to Indy or Atlanta to play the championship. Every game you play is for seeding and positioning for the national championship. Well, we were big when we first got to see our team, but golly, we were slow. And as you know, I, you can put all the time in you want about speed improvement. Guys right. either can run or they can't. The other thing was the weight program wasn't very good. So when you're slow and not strong, that's a bad combination to play that schedule. And Because, uh, because Coach, the assumption is this guy is part of the world's greatest high school football program. He's the head guy, multiple undefeated teams. On the front of Sports Illustrated there that one year in 78, 79, whatever year that was, he won't have any problem recruiting. He's a god. He's a legend. Totally different deal in high school to college. <laughs> That's right. Uh, as you well know, I mean, I, I'm preaching to the choir because you understand recruiting better than anybody in the country. Uh, Jerry thought he could just go to the parade magazine. And, yeah. And it, it, there weren't many guys that he projected to develop. Player development was not part of it. At Moeller, he had families moving in from Kentucky, from other parts of Ohio, other states. They had a program where they get families' jobs. I mean, he was getting the best high school players to come in. Well, it doesn't work that way at Notre Dame. It doesn't work that way anywhere in college football, but especially at Notre Dame. And... uh the lack of a, I'm trying to say this kindly, uh, very good weight program and the demands you have to make on your guys in the weight room, the off-season program, it just wasn't there. And, um, but Jerry, Jerry's a nice guy. But we, we, we changed the number of things when we went in there. And it, again, 86 was a, was a rough year. We ended up five and six before we went to the Cotton Bowl in 87. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, an interesting time. But I'll say this. Coach Holtz knew how to build a program. Every school that Lou Holtz went to was in a bowl game by his second year. So, obviously, and he always used to say, the most important time of the year is, is January to July because that's when you're developing your, your, your players, your off-season program. If you're waiting till August, you're way behind, man. But, yeah, we had a lot of things to clean up when we got in there. 
Well, Coach Pete, got some questions for him in addition. We'll be right back. Omni, Nashville Hotel. still struggling trying to get up through the Antioch area as everybody stares at this crash that's being cleared on 24 westbound. It's going to be just past Bell Road. Again, traffic is just slow go now. Coming out of Murfreesboro, Rutherford County towards Nashville. It's a little bit better on 65 south at Trinity Lane where they cleared that earlier crash. It's building through the Mount Juliet area now as that traffic leaves Wilson County on 40 west headed towards Nashville. 24-7 reliable crane and rigging services here in Middle Tennessee. It's Tomahawk Crane and Rigging online at Tomahawk Crane.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. <clears throat> oh, beautiful gold rush with your sparkling top prize. You surely are a sight for sore eyes. And jackpot slots with your chance of $75,000 winners. Oh, how I'd take you for a candlelight dinner. Uh, sounds like people are really loving the new February Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Play today for your chance to win up to $5 million, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same, but is 95% cheaper? And you can get it online? Just go to hymns.com slash joy. Through hymns, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the name brands at up to 95% off. That's right. Get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but for 95% less. It's the same medication, still prescribed by a licensed medical provider, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, hymns.com slash joy. That's hymns.com slash joy for your free online visit, himscom slash J-O-Y. When was the last time you did something fun with family, friends, co-workers, and clients? What if I told you about a place under one roof that offers affordable entertainment for all ages? That's what you'll find at Strike and Spare Family Fun Centers in Donaldson, Hermitage, Tusculum, Hendersonville, and Murfreesboro with bowling, games, food, drink, and entertainment for all ages. Enjoy an enhanced experience in Hendersonville or Murfreesboro where they feature additional fun with bumper cars, laser tag, roller skating, and more. All locations are open seven days a week, including holidays. Visit online at strikeandspare.com. Strike and Spare, where fun is bowling. It's the Bill King Show. We are college football centric. That is the sun that warms our planet that we live on. Our planet actually isn't flat or round. It's an oblong steroid. And we are here to proselytize about it, edify it every day on this here radio show. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM.
doesn't know everything about college football. Mm, Yeah, he does. It's the Bill King Show. Top water assassin over in South Carolina who's a Clemson fan. He says, tell Coach Pete he's not alone. My aunt's boyfriend was a running back on the Clemson freshman team when they played against Randy White. Said White hit him the hardest he's ever been hit. (laughs) Yeah, Randy left his his mark, Bill. Hey, hey, look, you know, and then he goes to Dallas and – He's the one inside tackle. He's the one technique. The three technique is John Dutton. And then we got Harvey Martin on one side and two tall Jones on the other. How about that as a front four? Just wicked. Just. I mean, and two tall went to school here in the 615 over at Tennessee State. So. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, that's why he got the nickname Manster. <laughs> half man, half monster. <laughs> Sam Dog down in Middle Georgia says, Coach Saban was great. We know that, but was he an innovator? When Coach thinks about coaches who strategically changed the game, who comes to mind? The be- the guy I thought was the best college football coach was Jimmy Johnson. Uh, I-, I thought Jimmy from his experiences at Arkansas, learning from Barry Switzer and Jim McKenzie, uh, Jackie Sherrill, Larry Lacewell, and then to do the things that he did at Oklahoma State, at Miami, and then go to the NFL and do what he did with Dallas. I I, I thought the guy, I thought Jimmy Johnson was the best coach. uh, I just think the world, Jimmy. And came after Coach Landry, and you knew Coach Landry well. You were there. Yes. Yeah. That was uh, that was a Jerry Jones uh, deal that uh, he was going to bring in his old college roommate. You know, Jones and Johnson uh, in alphabetical order. That's why they were roommates at Arkansas, because they – they roomed everybody by alphabet, so that's how Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson became roommates. And uh, but Barry Switzer was a graduate assistant on that arc at '64 Arkansas team, and uh, I just thought Jimmy Johnson, whether it's offense, defense, special teams, and his ability to motivate, uh, was the best at adapting, and. Um, did a great job, and then he took his philosophy to the Cowboys. Obviously, made the Herschel Walker trade, and and then won some Super Bowls there. So, uh, of all the college coach, Nick Saban was great. I, I think the defense was was pretty solid year in year out, but Nick was great at adapting on offense and making the changes he needed. Starting with Kiffin, uh, going to Sark. Uh, you know, and doing the things he had to do offensively to keep up. But I thought overall the guy who laid the foundation for it all was Jimmy Johnson. I mean, Bill Belichick still goes to visit Jimmy uh, every year to get some ideas. And uh, I can tell you, Jimmy was a, was a tough old boy now. I mean, to play for him, <laughs> I he bet. understood what it took to win now. Peter 
in Syracuse. Says Bill yeah. let Keach. He said let the coach know, Coach Pete, that there are people all over central New York that know that Rocket stole the Heisman from Don McPherson. Will Coach Pete concede this? Rocket did not win the Heisman. Rocket, the, the, the Heisman was stolen from Rocket by the quarterback at BYU who couldn't throw it in the ocean standing on the beach. I mean, come on, man. Timmy Brown won the Heisman in 87. Tim, Tim Brown, yeah. Yeah, man. Don McPherson played well. Good quarterback, but, yeah. Yeah, but nah. Timmy Brown deserved the Heisman and did a great job as he became the first wide receiver to win the Heisman, and deservedly so. Not only that, his ability to return kicks, but his toughness in playing the game. I mean, he was a tremendous blocker. And then he goes to the Raiders. He's all pro. So, uh, but yeah, Don McPherson, good player. But no, Timmy Brown won the Heisman. But Rocket got, Rocket should have won it in 90 and Detmer wins it. Are you kidding me? Come on, man. You're talking about the definition, and, and t- he's a good guy, but, but t- talk about the definition of a noodle arm. I mean, <laughs> no question. <laughs> I think some of his passes are still in the air today here in 2024. <laughs> Uh, all right, Coach Pete, fantastic work as always. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll see you again next Friday. Yeah, I'll see you next week. Hey, Bill, I, I don't know if you know Ron Higgins. You know, Ron, Ron yeah, and I. Ron, I do. We put together a playoff proposal in, in 2007, and we sat down with Mike Slive in his office at the SEC Media Days. Yep. It's an 18 playoff. And I'm going to show it to you next week and see what you think. I'd like, I like—I didn't know that. I did not know you you guys did that. I look forward to that. And guess what? Mike Slive looked at both of us. He said, this has a chance. So that's back in 2007. And, uh, hey, I want to know one thing on this 14-team deal. Are they going to reseed after the first round? Like, no, I, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great weekend, buddy. Hi, man. Coach Pete, coming up, the angelic tones of Ole Miss EV. We'll bring some sanity to this show. Omni Nashville Hotel.